if this is your first time here, first time listening, you can always go on our website and listen uh, there, or you can go on YouTube and listen to a recording of it there. It's the service that's recorded there. And I would encourage you to do that because, as I said last week, there are so many things to talk about when you bring up the subject of healing that uh, it's impossible in one message on a Sunday morning. I feel like I want to pack so many things in <laughs> to share with you uh, that all these things link together. And so faith comes by hearing, hearing by the word of God. So we have to often hear and hear. And really that word in the Greek means ongoing. You hear, you don't hear one time and often have faith to move a mountain in your life. We have to keep hearing the word of God. And so I would encourage you to go back and listen to uh, some of these things, search even on the internet. There's a ton of stuff on there. Great preachers that preach about healing also. Uh, but so I was thinking, you know, as we sang this song, that new song this morning, there's nothing that our God can't do. Do you believe that this morning, that there's nothing that our God can't do? Uh, all things are possible with God. All things are possible with God. It doesn't really matter how big your obstacle is. There's nothing that we can face without the with the power of God that won't move in our life. And, so, and I was thinking of how God's power, it never fades, it never fails. It doesn't ever give out, does it? I mean, he's upholding the universe, it says, by his mighty word of power. So his power, and here's what happens too, like when his, his power is in this room, you know, when we all begin to speak and worship, the power of God comes in this room. And when it meets faith, when faith in our heart meets that power, something explosive happens. We might not see it in the natural, but often these things start to move in your heart. You think something's happening in my heart. I remember the first time we began to go into meetings where people would worship in faith. And we grew up, we grew up in a denomination. It was quiet. You know, nobody said a word. If you coughed, <laughs> Everybody kind of turned and looked at you. <laughs> so we went into these meetings where everyone's worshiping together. And I thought, this is electrifying. Like, what's going on in this room? But later on, we asked, why did I feel like I felt? They were like, ah, you were feeling the anointing of the Holy Spirit. I never, had never even heard the word anointing. But I wanted more. It was like, I want to go in atmospheres where the anointing of the Holy Spirit is present. And that happens when we all open up our heart in faith. It's like the words in that song, uh, let faith arise, let all agree. There's no power like the power of Jesus. We have to have agreement in our hearts, and it brings this corporate anointing that breaks through. It breaks through issues and obstacles in your heart and in our life. And so let's open up our heart in faith. I pray you came in faith. Let's pray before we begin. Father God, we did come. And, and we worship you, Lord, in spirit and in truth. We trust you this morning, Lord, to heal and to deliver and save and set free. God, we believe that you are still a God of miracles, that you perform miracles. And we open up our heart wide to receive. There's nothing, we say that by faith, there's nothing that you cannot do. And so we pray you have your way. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. So we serve a big God, right, who delights in doing greater things, greater things. Jesus said, greater things will you do because I go to the Father. Do we believe that? Yes, we do. Yes, we do. 
So let's, I'm going to start out with this uh, scripture. Psalm 34, 1 is going to go up on the screen so you can see it. Many of you know this psalm. It says, I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall, yes, continually, not sometimes, his praise shall continually be in my mouth. My soul shall make its boast in the Lord. I'm going to boast about the Lord, right? The humble shall hear of it and be glad. Oh, magnify the Lord with me. Come on, magnify the Lord with me. There, this is something we're supposed to do together because it says magnify the Lord with me. Do it with me this morning, all right? <laughs> Let us exalt his name together, together, all right? So I'm trying to work up some faith and some excitement in this room, all right? Yeah. We want to magnify the Lord this morning. Then the presence of God does become greater in our midst when we just go, yes, he's here. He's among us. We're, he's in our lips. This is why many of us during worship, we shout, we lift our hands up, we jump. Because we know that he's here. We know that he's here. And something happens when you magnify something in your mind and your heart. Does it not? And I think to myself, okay, when you magnify something in your mind and your heart, what happens when you take a magnifying glass and you, and you, and you, if I had a magnifying glass and I put it over the words on this page, what would happen to those words? They get bigger. Are the, is the, are the words on the page actually bigger? No. They're magnifying it. They're looking, they're, in my eyes they're bigger. In my eyes they're bigger. That's what magnify means. In my eyes, in my perspective, something got very big in me. And it changes how you see things. Whatever you're magnifying changes how you see things. And you have got a choice in your life what you will magnify. What you make big in your mind. What you think about. Yes, it is. Because whatever you think about and you think about, and you think about, pretty soon you're going to talk about, and you're going to talk about, and you're going to talk about, right? And the more you think about it, and the more you talk about it, it gets bigger and bigger. Yeah. And we do this all the time in the natural. I mean, you, you, you might have a financial problem. You start talking about it. You're thinking about it. You're talking about it with your spouse. It might be an emotional issue with a re, in a relationship where you're thinking about it. You start talking to people about it. It might be physical sickness in your body. You feel it. Sometimes your body can talk to you, can't it? Start shouting back to you. Here's is how I feel. <laughs> you think about it, talk about it. You know, and it, it, the thing about it is it's not actually changing the size of it. Like you're talking about your financial problem. Maybe the issue is you have a debt of, you know, $6,000. You think about it, talk about it, think about it, talk about it. It's growing bigger. The debt is still 6000 but somehow in your mind, it's becoming an impossibility because of how we're thinking about it. And, and, and usually when we're doing this to the wrong direction, we're not magnifying God. It's just creating anxiety. It's creating worry in our heart. And you can magnify something to the point where that's all that you see. Can't you? I, we've all done this. We could all say, oh, me, because we've done it often to the negative. 
And we can do it to the point where it may not even be happening, but you think about it and talk about it so much that it's just governing your whole perspective. It just becomes a governor of your life, if you will. And this can work to really bless us if we do what Psalm 34 says, oh, magnify the Lord with me. We just start saying, well, you know what? Oh, thank God that you are my healer. I thank God that by your stripes I'm healed, right? Or thank God you're my provider. You shall provide all my needs according to Christ's riches and glory. And I'm a new creature in Christ. That old past of mine is dead and gone. I have a new life in you. I belong to you. You know, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. We can magnify the Lord in so many ways according to the promises of Scripture. And when we do that, faith arises in our heart. Did God grow bigger? No, because he already fills the universe. He's, he can't grow any bigger, right? He's just bigger in our sight. And when he gets bigger in our sight, faith starts rising up in our own heart, right? And then when that power of God, which is always present, meet, our faith reaches out to it, what happens? Oh, then the power of God starts to work in our life. So it's, it's many times all these, these things are depending on us. We think we're waiting for God to move. And God's saying, I'm waiting for you to magnify me. I'm waiting for you to tell, tell the world, tell yourself how big I am, how big he is in our sight. And the Bible describes this. When we do this, the Bible describes it as the mind of the spirit. When we, he says the mind of the spirit, and this is going to be up on PowerPoint. The mind of the spirit is simply this one, your thoughts and your outlook, the way you look at your life, the way you judge your problems, the way you see things, is, gov is shaped and governed by faith and trust in God and his word. That's the mind of the spirit. And that's the mind that God says we are supposed to live in as we walk in the spirit. And what is so true, you know, this series is about healing. And healing for our bodies really begins <laughs> up here in our mind. Actually, it begins in the spirit. You know, the, it begins in the spirit because God says his word is spirit and life. He says it's medicine to all of our flesh. So there's, when we tap in with our spirit, because we are three-part beings, when we yield to our spirit part of us, the sp our spirit is connected to God, it starts working life in us. But, it's, but our mind can be, can take us in either directions. We Put the three circles, if you would, Rhonda, up there. We want to magnify uh, in our mind what God says over our life, right? I mean, if we want to receive healing in our bodies, we need to magnify what God says. By his stripes, I was healed. I was healed. I am healed. Healing belongs to me. And when we get our mind in full agreement with what is true in the spirit, something happens. Because the Bible talks about a double-minded man says you won't receive anything from the Lord. And I, this little diagram, I think, illustrates, helps us to see our spirit is born again. Our spirit is alive to God. Our soul is what needs to be renewed. And then, of course, we have our outward part of us, our physical body. 
Now, I have a choice which way I'm going to yield. Will I yield to the Spirit in life? Will I think according to this, which is going to pull my whole, my soul and my body towards Spirit in life when I dwell on the things of the Spirit? But my soul, my intellect, I could let it govern me and think only according to the senses. And if I do that, I am pulling myself away from the Spirit and life by choice. And too many times this is what we're doing. We're magnifying our feelings. Feelings. Remember that song? Nothing more than, <laughs> Nothing more than feelings. Yeah. We magnify our feelings. We magnify our own thoughts, our own perspective of, of it. Well, this is how I feel about it. Well, that's okay. We all have feelings. But we've got to yield to the Spirit if we want to pull our mind and we take our body there. See, it all is connected when we yield ourselves to the Spirit. Because we can go in the other direction. We can go towards doubt. We can entertain fears. We can entertain a lot of what-ifs. And we all do this, don't we? we? You know, pretty soon we're in the worst case scenario. We get frustrated. God feels like he's a million miles away. Where's God in my situation? He's left me. It's just a feeling. <laughs> and these thoughts do not bring life and peace. No. You can judge and tell if you're in the mind of the flesh or the mind of the spirit, just even how you feel. Because God's, yeah, the mind of the spirit, let's, that is Romans 8, 6. The mind of the spirit, it says, is life and peace. So when you can judge your thinking and how you feel in your mood, do I have, am I feeling like life and peace or am I going into frustration and irritation and I'm feeling down? Well, then you're moving towards the mind of the flesh. And we've all experienced this. We all do it. You get up in the morning, the day just starts, right? Maybe you didn't sleep well. Maybe you had weird dreams. Maybe you've had this problem on your mind. There's, a, there's an issue, whatever, in a family issue. Maybe you have a pain in your body, something that's been lingering, a lingering sickness in your body, physical symptoms. You have a choice right there how you're going to think about it all. Right there. You get out of bed. Where will my mind go? Listen, you, we, you are in charge of your mind. Yeah. You are in charge of your mind. You know, I just heard someone say this the other day. The trouble is you've given so many people a piece of your mind. <laughs> but you have nothing left. Oh, I thought that was funny. <laughs> yeah, but you, <laughs> that's not good. You have so, so many people a piece of your mind. You have nothing left. So you can, but you can train your mind what you're going to magnify in your life, which perspective you're going to take. And you can tell yourself right then, get up. Maybe you're feeling bad. You're thinking about all the problems, the stuff that you're going through. You still have a choice. What does is, what is, what is spirit in life say? Well, well, this is the day the Lord has made. I will rejoice and be glad in it. Did I, did I say your feelings are going to want to say that? No, your feelings are not going to want to say that. But this is part of obeying the word of God. 
and exalting, magnifying him higher than those other thoughts. See, if we truly believe that our spirit or our soul is going to help govern which way we go, we're going to pay attention to our thinking. We're going to pay attention to our thinking. And if you say to yourself, well, this is the day the Lord's made. I will rejoice and be glad. And it, you add on to it. Make the devil mad. This is going to be a terrific day. It's not going to just be mediocre. It's going to be a terrific day. I know your mind will give you fits, but you got to say it anyways. And I'm in charge of my feelings. Tell yourself, I'm in charge of my feelings. Today, I choose joy. You know, if God's for me, who can be against me, right? He's on my side. And I can testify to you, I have done this. I've done this over and over and over again in my life, and it works. It works because I've learned to judge, my, judge things by the end of the day, and the day will just go, it, it, God meets you in your faith. And I'll look back and I'll think, wow, that's right. I woke up feeling like this is going to be a bad day. But it didn't turn out to be a bad day. You overcome. This is how we overcome. We just sang that song, by the blood of the Lamb, what he's done for us. And the word of our testimony. See, my testimony out of my mouth would be, well, this is the day you've made. I'm going to rejoice and be glad in it. Because you're going to help me through it. Your grace is there to help me to overcome. You know, or I can choose to go to the other direction, which is what I did forever. And most of us have done. <laughs> you know, oh, I didn't sleep well. Oh, I had these weird dreams. Oh, you know, how dreams can sit in your mind. <laughs> oh, this is going to be oh, a tough day. You know, I didn't sleep good. I had all this stuff to do. And then, oh, this, ow, my same pain in this body. When is it ever going to go away? You know, then other thoughts just trail along. Nothing ever goes right for me. I've been trusting God forever. He's like a million miles away. And everybody starts to irritate you. Everything you look at starts, right? Everybody, everything irritates you. The cat meows too much. And the, you know, the, <laughs> you can't find the keys before you go out the door. You're just irritated, frustrated. You're, you're talking yourself down. Nothing's ever right for me. The outlook is being shaped. It's getting dimmer and dimmer, right? And instead of brighter, instead of life and peace, it's, it's like going to death. Mind of the spirit, because we're letting it govern our thoughts. It's become a governor, and we're letting it govern, and it's going to the flesh. The mind of the flesh, this is on, the, it'll be up on the screen. The mind of the flesh is when your thoughts and your outlook, the way you're seeing life, you're seeing yourself, people, your future, is shaped and governed by the thoughts and suggestions that are coming from the spirit of the world. They're coming from the spirit of the world. We, we said this, I said this last week, that Satan is the god of this world. And it's a world system of thought. That's the way he works. He works to suggest to your mind the negative, go against God, don't trust God, he's not there for you. And so it's the spirit of the world that we end up just leaning towards. And the, the Romans 8, 6 says this, the mind of the flesh is what? Is death. The mind of the flesh is death. It doesn't mean you're going to die. <laughs> but it sure does drain the life out of you, right? It'll, it'll slowly just, if you live that way all your life, you just, you know, it'll just slowly weigh you down. 
It'll just drag, suck the life out of you. And then it'll take the life out of your emotions. Instead of joy, you've got this anxiety all the time, this worry that's building all the time, this look at yourself like something just, I don't know, life isn't all that great, right? And then your thoughts, it, your thoughts and the way you think and the perspective that you take about your health, you know, about your family, about the problems in your life, about your future. This was so big to me because I never understood that God had a plan and purpose for my life. I just thought you just sort of make your own life. You just make the best of it. It was like, no, God can open up your eyes to see a future and a hope that he has planned for you. That's much better than what you could dig up on your own and figure out on your own, isn't it? Yeah. And so I think, you know, it's going to shape the reality of what happens in your life. Your thoughts turn into attitudes, which turn into behaviors, and those behaviors just shape the outcome of who you become. It all starts up here. This is so important. This is why I say healing begins up here. First in the spirit, but our mind must agree with God, what Jesus has done for us in the spirit. So this is up on, our, on the screen. What you think on matters. It matters how you think because it's forming the basis of who you will become. And it's going to even form the basis of what we experience in life. If the power of God, if Jesus has done everything for us, if our healing was bought and paid for at the cross and it sits there, but my mind just says, no, it can't be, not for me, you're not worthy. All the things, the suggestions from the world say, that power, it's just what happened in Jesus' hometown of Nazareth. It said he could do no mighty miracle there. And he marveled because of their unbelief. Here's the Son of God standing right there, all the power going forth from him. And he can only do a small, maybe heal a headache or whatever, you know, just a small, it said just a few small infirmities that he could heal. What stopped the power of God? Unbelief in their mind, unbelief in their mind. Because when something captures your mind, of course it has the power then to run your life. It has the power to run your life. So what should we be magnifying in our mind? Who should we be magnifying in our mind? The word of God. The Bible tells us to choose life. I said life and death before you in the Old Testament he said that. Uh, it's not that hard, you know, think about it. What should I choose? Life or death? <laughs> Choose life. We choose life. <laughs> Isaiah 26 says this, verse 3 and 4. You will keep in perfect peace. How many? All who trust in you, whose thoughts are where? Fixed on you. Whose thoughts are fixed on God, on God and his word, because his word is spirit and life. So it says, trust in the Lord always. How much? Always. On the days that you feel like it. No, on the days that you. Trust in the Lord always, for the Lord God is the everlasting rock. Hallelujah. I say it again, God will not control your mind for you. Then the devil can't force your mind to think on something. Yeah. God will not control your mind. He gave us a free will. And the devil 
can't force you to think something. The problem is we've taken the thoughts all along. We've just, we didn't understand how to resist them. Because sometimes it seems like, I know when I began to read and renew my mind with the word of God, I thought, wow. Sometimes it just seems like these negative thoughts just keep talking back at me. How many of you have problems like that? When you get in and you start reading the word of God and all the things and the promises in there, it's like all things are possible to him who believes. And you're, yeah, that's right. The natural mind just wants to go, ah, uh, really? That's pretty big. <laughs> all? Did you really mean all, Lord? All, he said, all things are possible. He didn't stumble over what he said. <laughs> But Romans 8, 7, this is not on your screen, but if you go back, you might want to read Romans 8 this week and just, I'd encourage you to read it in the Amplified. It really amplifies the meaning. But it says that the, the, the mind of the flesh is hostile to God. It won't submit itself to God. It refuses to submit itself to God. And that, this, is, this is the battleground between the mind and the flesh. And I mentioned last week that... Uh, the reason many of us find it hard to trust God for the healing of our body and just good outcomes in our life and, and persist to know that we can receive answer to prayer is because we've been influenced by the thinking of the world. What I've been talking about, the negativity. And there's this mental block, if you will, that begins to you know, sit in our brain. We, we've gotten all of our understanding before we come to Christ and if you, if you weren't, maybe, I just thank God for, like, my grandchildren now, that they could grow up hearing the word of God from a young age. That wasn't the case for, for Steve and I. That's right. You get all your natural understanding just from the five physical senses, from your intellect, social media, schools, science, everything. You're just judging everything by what you can touch, taste, smell, see, and hear. And you're processing it just through your own natural thoughts, and this is what I think. And so we're programmed by the world to see and judge our life, you know, just from our intellect. How many of you, you know what I'm talking about? It becomes a governor. It governs which way you go. And when that happens, what I noticed was God started to show me, you've got some strongholds in your mind that are keeping you from trusting me and believing in my goodness and my willingness to heal you. Look at what it says in 2 Corinthians 10.3. It says, for though we live in the world, we don't wage war as the world does. The weapons we fight with are not the weapons of the world. On the contrary, they have divine power to pull down or demolish strongholds. Yes, and they are wicked imaginations. And then verse 5, we tear down arguments and every lofty opinion raised up against the knowledge of God. See, that's what these thoughts are. They're lofty opinions in my mind, and I raise them up above the word of God. And what God is telling us in this verse, this scripture to do, is we take every thought captive to make it obey Christ. Yes. This, is the, this is the fight of faith. This is how we renew our mind. We tear down the wrong thinking, and we take it captive, and we make it obey Christ. 
So as the, it is work. As the new creations in Christ, we have to choose God's word as our highest authority. We have to just say, this word will be exalted. I will magnify this word above everything else in my life. This word carries the highest authority because it has divine power to tear down a stronghold, take it captive, make it obey Christ. And, and I remember as I began to read the word of God years ago, in particular about healing, uh, because when we started in with the things of God, I had, I had just this ongoing thing, an inner ear problem. So my body felt weird. My balance felt off. It just, it was all the time. It was just constant. And I saw in scripture that Jesus bore my sicknesses. He carried my pains. And by his stripes, you were healed. And I began to just understand the bigger picture of the gospel. That by the blood of Jesus, he forgave. And at the cross, that, that, that brought me healing. We are justified. Yes, we've been raised to sit with him. There's no sickness in Christ, is there? And if I'm part of his body, is there any sickness on the body of Christ? No. That was a great visual for me. God just kept saying, I want you to see yourself as part of my body. Because I had such trouble when I began to read the word deep in my spirit. I believed it. But my natural mind just gave me fits. It was like, ah, no, it's not for you. And I, I had shared before that I was a registered nurse before we were called into ministry. So you have some medical training. You understand some things about sickness, the progression of sickness. And my body, my mind would just tell me, this thing's going to progress. It's going to get worse. You're going to end up in a wheelchair. I mean, it was, it, it seemed as though my thoughts had a mind of their own. They were just running away with me. So the fight of faith was taking place up here in my mind. And I thought, you know, this natural knowledge that I had about medicine and sickness and disease was now, it was a hindrance to my faith. It was a hindrance to my allowing myself to, you know, to go towards the spirit in my mind because it just kept exalting itself above that word. So natural knowledge can be a hindrance in some ways to us. It doesn't mean we do away with it. I mean, medicine is good. Science is good. But when it starts to exalt itself, like evolution, which goes against, you know, I think we're made in God's image. That's the biggest lie that the Satan has put out there to the world, to belittle our worth as human beings that were made in the image of God. And then really tagged right onto that, all these suggestions, this is why laws are passed, abortion is okay. Because if you belittle, your, if you think that you came out of some kind of reptilian soup, you know, and you evolved from a reptile into a, some kind of higher being, you know, through animals, then you belittle yourself in the image of God, in the likeness of God. And then abortion becomes, well, that's okay because you can just dispose of life. You're not even all that important anyways. And so we, these strongholds, they can be cultural. They can just be, they're all, they're in our, they are right here. And, and it's work, the media is working really hard to program our minds, you know, to throw God away. And I think, you know, what happens when you, these strongholds are like built over time in our life. Satan begins early in our life, in our childhood, right? He feeds our mind with thoughts and suggestions, just lies about your self-worth. 
I mean, this is why moms and dads, you, you have such an important job. Teach your children about the love of God and about truth, his goodness, and how obedience is a blessing in your life. When they get programmed like that at a young age, it's train up your child in the way he should go. And when he's older, what? He will not depart from it. Yeah. But instead, we've been influenced and programmed by the world. How? Well, there's through people around us. Your environment in the home. Words that you heard. You're dumb. You're stupid. You can't do that. You're not going to do anything really that great with your life, you know, because again, you're maybe not that smart, right? <laughs> maybe you're told by somebody in authority, and that's how you look at it, and then you take this thought. It's like, well, maybe I am. You think on it over and over again, because you didn't know how to resist it. You were never taught as a child this truth. Cast it down. That's not true. Here's who God made you to be. You just mull it over in your mind. You think about it, and you think about it, and pretty soon it's shaping your inner thoughts, and it's shaping your belief system about who you are. Is it true? It's not true according to who, what, who God says you are, but it becomes true to you because whatever you believe deep in your heart, whether it's a true or a lie, it becomes your reality. And I mean, maybe you grew up in an atmosphere where there was fear. This is how God began to show me. It was like some of these strongholds started as a child. I, I grew up in a home where there was alcoholism, and there was fear in the atmosphere. <laughs> and you don't, you think to yourself, well, when I leave home, and this is what I re realized I thought, well, when I leave home, I'm going to go get an education. I'm going to go see the world, and I'm leaving all this behind, all this trash. <laughs> I, I mean, my home was, I love my siblings and all. But the fear and the uncertainty, what I didn't realize was you take your mind with you <laughs> wherever you go. And you can go so far. I have found this to be true as a pastor when we counsel people. It seems like you, you hit like your late 20s and all of a sudden, especially if you start raising a family, some of this stuff starts to creep back in. You realize, oh, I thought I got away from it, but it's still here. <laughs> Fears, insecurities about yourself. The, your outlook on life, how life will go. And it just shapes who you become. And then you get, and here's the, here's the deal, when you get born again, and this is, this is what happens to all of us, you start reading these beautiful, wonderful promises of God. You are a new creation. I say it again. The old things have passed away. All things are new and all things are of God. And I'm completely reconciled to Christ. You know, you're deeply loved. You're forgiven. You belong in my family. I had my eyes on you from the foundation of the world. And all of a sudden, it's like, whoa, this is a whole new reality. Because you belong to a different kingdom now. So we have to familiarize ourselves with our inheritance and who we are in Christ. If you think that's going to happen just by coming to church or going to any church, because where you go to church matters. Amen. What you get taught in church and the people that you fellowship with matters. Because very often, you know, some of these mindsets and strongholds, you know, they affect even who, all of our choices. It affects who you choose as your friends and the relationships, your spouse. And, and sometimes we just shut ourselves down unknowingly, unwittingly. But when we hear the goodness of God, that healing belongs to you and your mind, and I'm, 
I delight to give you the kingdom. I delight in fellowship with you. You know, sometimes often those words, we hear them, and they just bounce off our heart. Maybe they penetrate a little bit. You go, oh, that made me feel a little bit better. But they just bounce off your heart. They have a hard time penetrating. It's truth. How many of you know what I'm talking about? <laughs> and why does that happen? Well, the Apostle Paul used that word stronghold when he inspired by the Holy Spirit to write this. He used that word strongholds. These are like strongholds in our mind because in ancient times, they built strongholds around the edge of a city like a fortress, a stone wall, to keep invaders out, to protect the city. Let's put this, we have a, I, have a, I found a picture of, the, of a stronghold, if you can put that up. Yeah, that's actually a real place in France. <laughs> I forget what it's called, but. Picture this now, okay, the, the, the stronghold, behind that stronghold, not, uh, behind it is your heart. On the other side of it, let's say God is, God's love and power and desire for you is right there. It's right there. What blocks it from coming into penetrating your heart? Like, like he could be speaking to you. I love you. I'm for you. You belong to me. I've healed you at the cross. And if there's a stronghold in there, just it bounces off the wall. It's just a metaphor to what the devil does in our mind. He builds up this thinking in our mind, and then it's like a wall around our heart. And we could come to church, and we could hear the truth, but if it just hits up against a stronghold, because there are trust issues that you haven't dealt with and torn down, right. rejection issues, you, know, you feel bad about yourself, there are just these fears, what if, you, know, you, live, you sort of live with what if thinking, until you humble yourself. And make a desire of your heart to purposely obey. If we won't do that and say, I will exalt. I will magnify what God's done for me. That stronghold will just stand there forever. Just The truth will just keep bouncing off. We have to make a decision to say, well, your days of being here are over. You're coming down. You're coming down. Sometimes stone by stone. And so I just, I ask you today, like, what prison wall? I th think of that song we sang this morning. There's not a prison wall he can't break through. What prison wall has you captive? Do you recognize things in your own heart that keep you from trusting, running into, diving into the love of God? Because his love has been poured out for us. He's not holding back. The reason we often don't experience what we want to in faith, what we desire in faith, is because we're not plunging into the love of God. We've got to tear down the strongholds of unbelief in our mind, of fear. I'm not worthy of his love. I'm not good enough. I haven't done everything perfectly enough. Well, listen, you're never going to do everything perfectly enough. We are justified. We, we are depending on the righteousness he gave us. That's why we come boldly to his throne of grace. Not because you're so wonderful or I'm so wonderful. It's because we we're magnifying the Lord. We're like, yes, Lord, you did this for me. You're welcoming me into your presence. And in that presence, it's, it's fullness of joy. And in that presence is the healing love of God. 
for us. And there is a promise in the word of God to tear down every stronghold, every issue that has held you captive in your life and bring you to a place of freedom and bring you to a place of peace. I mean, so many times we think we're waiting on God. He's waiting on us, yeah. He's waiting on us to believe. I remember the first time I heard someone say, God's never going to love you any more tomorrow than he already does today. Oh, that, like, I thought, wait, 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 wait a minute. <laughs> you mean, even if I obey him and, you know, I do my best and I try to follow him, he won't love me more? See, I had this, I had this concept of conditional love, yeah. But God's love and salvation for us was unconditional. It is a free gift. It's a free gift. And so he's not going to love you any more tomorrow than he already does today. His heart is wide open towards us. And let's tear down the strongholds of unbelief in our heart. Let's remember what it says in 2 Corinthians, that we have divine we have his divine power. We have his word. When we think on it, when we begin to speak it out over our life, and you will have to do this. You'll never win a silent battle with the devil. <laughs> you will not win a silent battle. Your battle in your mind, yes, you do choose a thought, but, you know, those who believe also speak, Right? So we must speak. Do it in the privacy of your home. I can't tell you how many times I've done that. <laughs> Shut up, devil. It's not my thought. <laughs> this is who I am in Christ. I'll put on worship music. I'll speak it. I'll sing it. Because worship is, battle, is doing battle when we do worship together. And so I actually, we have time. We're going to sing that first song. We're going to end this service by singing the song that we sang, the first one, it's that new one. There's nothing that our God can't do. And when we sing it, my prayer is that faith, let faith arise in your heart. So when you're singing those words, there's nothing that my God can't do. There's not a prison wall. He cannot break through. Tear down the unbelief about healing in your body, that God wants to meet you today. Do you believe that? All right, all right, greater things. I will believe for greater things, yeah. There is no power like the power of Jesus. All right, we're going to, let's all stand, yes. Let faith arise. Just one word. You call the storm that surrounds me. Just one word, the darkness has to retreat. Just one touch, I feel the presence of heaven. Just one touch, my eyes were open to see. My heart can't help but believe There's nothing that our God can do There's not a mountain that he can move Oh, praise the name 
Let's pay the right. 